This week on the podcast, we go mad with madness. Stay tuned. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. Oh, I, hey, I'm RJ. What's up, everybody? It's me, Gary. Gary! RJ on the same episode. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be loud. <laughs> and I'll, I'll way off. Keep it down. And way off topic. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to step on Gary's toes. I have big feet, so. Oh, really? What shoe size are you? 13. Wow, yeah, me too. Same. And you know wow. what they say about shoe size? Bigger I'm socks. So, I'm so <laughs> tiny. I'm only well, eleven. We're already and a half. off topic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody! It's not just the three of us. We do have a guest with us today. We do. We have. You may know him from uh, various podcasts. You may know him from his YouTube series. It's the Rudy Librarian. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Brian? How has your uh, weekend been? How has life been lately for you? It's been great. I, I got a four-day weekend. I'm a high school English teacher. I got a four-day weekend, and one of those days, my kids did not get off, and so got to have a date, went and bought mm-hmm. some vinyl, you know, good stuff. Had some tacos, vinyl and tacos. That's pretty much like the best day ever. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a, definitely. That's, that's awesome. That's that's a California afternoon for me, man. <laughs> Gary, how have things been for you since last week? Tomorrow's. It, uh, as of when we're recording this is two 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 Tuesday, so I got a local restaurant to cater tacos for work for tomorrow. So I'm really excited. Oh, tacos! Tacos fix everything. Yeah, um, I'm good. <laughs> Still not number one in the world in Garfield Cart, but I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> no one from the podcast listening group has 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 challenged me yet. So oh. I guess they're afraid. Uh, I yeah. think you need to reach out to, to Jess from Flying Raccoon Suit. I'm telling you. She played oh, Garfield yeah. Cart? Yeah. Well, I told you she's she's really big into Garfield. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was in a Garfield ska meme group on Facebook for like a day, and it was the coolest. And then it got deleted. I'm like, what happened? I was so excited for this group, and then it got deleted. Maybe uh, Garfield, uh, whoever owns the rights to Garfield, was like, no, we're going to shut this down. We don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> I think we need to merch with like Garfield. Then maybe he's your official mascot. <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? So Garfield, whoever owns the copyright to Garfield, if you uh, that would be Nickelodeon. Oh, Nickelodeon, reach out to us. I guess that would work. RJ, how how have things been for you? Uh, uh, they've been uh, fairly good. Um, I've started uh, selling some of my excess vinyl this week. And on, on, on Discogs, I've been getting a pretty penny for some items. I'm very happy with that. I'm just trying to pare down. I've got too much stuff between all the comics and all the CDs and all the vinyl. Um, I need to. I need, I need to have less. I have. I have the opposite of most people's problem. I have too much. <laughs> after 30 years of collecting all three of them, uh, it's time to time to back off. But are you only getting rid of vinyl? Uh, uh, no. I'm trying to sell comics too. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. What do you got, think? I, what do you what? think is the most interesting slash valuable comic you own? Oh, oh, see, I I got rid of a lot of my single issues a long time ago. I mostly just own collections now. Hmm. Um, yeah. and one of the things I'm actually selling is like the entire run of the hardback versions of the Starman comic. 
first pressing first printings of them great book i've read through them three times that's just a lot of shelf space <laughs> uh i do have some uh, madman by mike galarad like hardback versions that are assigned by him which are very nice um yeah cool comics is always storytelling me for me it's never been about collecting you can hear more about comics on Comically Rad, starring <laughs> RJ and Gary. Patreon exclusive for On the Hell Upbeat. Hell yeah, that's true. Um, you guys, um, we're all collectors of things. Matt, I know we didn't get to yet. No, go ahead. We're all collectors of things, specifically <laughs> sure. vinyl. I know we all collect vinyl, comics, yeah. etc. Do you have people in your life who know that you're collectors of things and then like want to talk to you about like, oh my gosh, I have Abbey Road on vinyl. How much do you think that's worth? And I'm like, nothing because everybody has heavy road on vinyl <laughs> i used to get that a lot back in the early 2000s when i lived in this apartment complex and like the stairway up to where and it was like an open air one the stairway up to where my apartment was there was always like the people who lived on the corner just like hanging out you know drinking beers got their plastic chairs out and they would see me come home with vinyl all the time like 2000 2001 2002 and yeah they started asking me like how much do you think my copy of the white album is worth <laughs> like is it the butcher cover no yeah nothing <laughs> this happened recently too when when what was it the first super mario for nintendo for nes sold for like a million dollars or something like that did you guys oh see yeah after that whole scheme yeah yeah, yeah yeah so like i had family members come out to be like yo i have like Guitar Hero 3 for Wii. Do you think that's worth a million dollars? No. <laughs> no. It's most emphatically not. Go to GameStop and they'll give you 50 cents. Or give it to me because I love that game. <laughs> I'm more likely that guy. Um, Who asks? Yeah. And, well, I only... So, I have... Um, like RJ now, I pretty much only buy... Um, uh, I don't buy single issues really much anymore. Um, sometimes they're gifted to me by my kids cause they know I love comics. So they're usually pretty random. And, um, but most of the time I just buy trade paperbacks now. It's cause you know, you get the same story, you get the cool artwork, you know, so it's, and I don't have to like, you know, track down stuff. Um, but from 2011 to 2016 or so, I was pretty active in actually collecting single issues. So like. I have all of the new 52 uh, Batman, you know, done by Scott Snyder. And oh, um, right, right. and I have all of the action comic Superman that was done through the new 52 and all the Justice League that was done through the new 52. Um, and so I was trying to figure out, like, how much all of that and a few other random things that sort of fall in there. And, like, complete stories. So, like, all the crossovers, too. I've got that. So, I was trying to figure out how much that was worth. So, there's always that price. Like, it's worth, you know, probably $400 retail. But what you'll get from a place like a comic book store is, like, maybe 150 bucks at most. Sure. <laughs> so, it's, like, because they're going to want to resell it and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, the advice I always get is, like, <laughs> go try to sell it independently yourself, like, on eBay. Because you'll get more because like you know you're the store but if you try to yeah. sell it to like your local comic book store they're only gonna at most they'll give you like half what it's worth oh even less because they that's gonna be stock that's sitting around for them for like yeah. I, I used to work at a comic shop i know how that works like you might have one book that'll sell right away and then they got to make up for the difference of yeah how everything's gonna sit around yeah yeah, yeah. so 
I used to I used to collect single issues myself, and and I, I I had this weird idea in my head when I decided I wasn't interested in comics for a brief period of my life, that um, so I gave them to the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, like at a at like a homeless shelter thing, and I was like, they'll love this, and I gave the comics, and afterwards I was like, that was a really weird thing to donate <laughs> to like the homeless shelter. I kept just a few of them. And the only comic that was really anything cool that I kept aside from uh, Mr. T and the T force number one autographed by Mr. T. Wow. (laughs) And uh, is the the first appearance of Spider-Man 2099. I've got that comic still, but uh, I've switched to omnibuses now. And I sort of found out that like Max from half past two runs cheap graphic novels. And I didn't know that. Yeah. and so, like, I was on a live with them, like, wa- like watching them do a live. And Max was like, I got a book for you, Brian, when he saw me come on. And I was like, why would he have a book for me? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, because he's and he had already emailed me and told me. And I just I don't always read my emails real well. So. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, no, I, I've moved a lot to digital for my comic books. And now, like, I'm kind of selling off, like, the, the trades and omnibuses I don't read or I don't love. I've really come to this. I need to love it to own it physically. Unless it's a CD. I will take any CD anytime. But vinyl and, uh, and uh, books, it has to be something very special for me. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, nobody asked. But my weekend was pretty good. Oh, uh, oh Matt. <laughs> Matt, Matt, how, how was, was your weekend? weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Get the Scar news, thanks. <laughs> it's Scar news. Um, so, so on Friday, you know, took one of our kids to the doctor appointment to a doctor's appointment, and uh, it's just mm, everything's okay. Just to be clear, um, so and um, so when the doctor was talking to me about like stuff, would refer to me as daddy. And would say things like, Daddy, he's going to be okay. Daddy, everything's fine. Daddy, this is what you need to do. And I just like, please. And it was I, just I, like I a twitch. I don't see the problem. It's just Neither like. Why? That doesn't bother me. I just, I don't know. That's, that's feels awkward to me. Feels, <laughs> I feel like, me. unless you're like three. <laughs> or Or my actual child. I guess I probably wouldn't like be creeped out by it. But it's like, daddy, it's just, I don't know. It just made me feel uncomfortable. Like, just, you can call me dad if you want. (laughs) Do they call you daddy ever? Our kids, no. Um, um, Well, our oldest that we've actually adopted does jokingly call me daddy um, when they want something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, daddy, can I have, you know. I I usually just call dad. Yes. Uh, Well, the, so like. Okay, so like the foster kids call me just Matt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, my adopted. Well, to your face, you don't know what they call you. Well, me. yeah, to my face. <laughs> when they want something, they call me Matt. Um, <laughs> but yes, our adoptive child, uh, they call me Dad. Uh, dad. And when they're being silly and want something, they call me yeah, dad. Daddy. But just the, and they just kept saying it. And I was just like, why? Why do you keep saying it? But anyway, maybe it's just me. Um, and then yesterday we went to a kid's birthday party and, you know, those are fun. And, uh, and how many people called you daddy there? I was just about to ask. <laughs> Thank, thankfully none. Thankfully none. Cause that none. probably would have been 
weird because they all know my name. I understand the doctor was going to either call, you know, was probably going to call me dad no matter what. Yeah. Because they don't know my name. But, like, friends who know me, you know, I, I don't expect them to refer to me by some title that they think I hold. <laughs> Are we calling you daddy on this podcast? Uh, Ooh, can we call you Maddie? Maddie Daddy. <laughs> oh, there it is. But Daddy Maddie also works, but I like Maddie Daddy better. Daddy Daddy. Uh, I Maddie Daddy. I I know, and I'm just. Gonna, I'm now gonna edit <laughs> out this entire thing, so it'll never. It'll, you'll if, start. If you to, do. I'll go on social media and, and talk about it. <laughs> um. So yeah, we went to a kid's birthday birthday party, um, yesterday, which was Sunday, and uh, it ended up. You know, kids' birthday parties are usually a couple hours. You. You eat some food, you eat some cake, kids jump in the bounce house and they beat a pinata and then you leave. Uh, this one, I didn't, we didn't come home until like, I don't know, after nine. And uh, it ended up being, you know, most of the people left. It was a good time, basically, because uh, most of the people left and then we just hung out with friends afterwards. So that was a good time. Nice. All right. So uh, we will now uh, just get to the ska news because you guys don't care about all our shenanigans. Here we go, Scott News. Ooh. Rude girls and rude boys too. Grab that frightens and mess and tell what we're telling you. I'm sorry, you might have heard, but again, you're about to miss me in Scott News. Ska News, where for the first segment of the show, we actually talk about Ska. Yay! That was <laughs> Maddie Daddy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, all right, hold on. I got it. So, first up, it is uh, Scott. We got something from Scottoon Network, and I didn't get my podcast thing ready. Here we go. Um, so, Scottoon Network on Monday, February 14th. Uh, dropped their cover of Beach Bunny's album Honeymoon. Uh, Scottoon Network called their version Honey Rude. Beach Bunny is a power pop band from Chicago. Uh, so I thought it would be a good idea to listen to basically uh, the Beach Bunny version of a song and then Scottoon Network's version of a song, just to give it a little bit of uh, context. So here is uh, uh, Beach Bunny's version Do of it. their song uh cuffing season let's check it out So that's uh, uh, Beach Bunny's version of their, well, their song, uh, Cuffing Season. Now let's check out Scott Toon Network's cover version of that same song. Here we go. Suddenly, frown lines. Sometimes I forget your mind. Hesitant to commit. 
awesome. So both of these versions uh, you can get on streaming services. So you should check that out. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have uh, um, some ska band. You know, just yeah. some ska band. Uh, on February the killer name. <laughs> on February 13th, New York's own some ska band dropped their latest EP called Better Together. Let's listen to a clip of their song uh, entitled Suburban Jungle. sweet it's pretty good ep hey um yeah yeah, it's it's fun funny because they wrote that song about me i don't know if you guys knew that (laughs) (laughs) i do sell old people's shoes that is funny i i did we both laughed at that line like i thought it was pretty funny um all right so uh next up on february 18th eichler's announced they would be releasing their first... Well, it's not their first full-length, technically. Uh, their full-length album entitled Checkered Future on Bad Time Records. Uh, the album will be available on March 25th and is currently available for pre-order on vinyl through Bad Time Records. Uh, Eichler's also dropped a new single, Things You See In Me. Uh, let's take a listen to that track right now. Here we go. Things You See In Me by Eichler's. Um, so like I said, you can pre-order mm-hmm. the vinyl, uh, from Bad Time Records 
And uh, as of at least this recording, they do have some left. Uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully I think by going pretty quick. Yeah, so hopefully by Wednesday, uh, and I'm you know hopefully by Wednesday by the time you hear this, they'll have some left. And um, yeah, so actually, I did. I do think that there's a um, Brooklyn Vegan version, like a vinyl. Um, yeah, there there actually is with most uh, Bad Times records. Brooklyn Vegan slash The Hard Times also has a, a exclusive vinyl version, which there's never usually much pressed, but they always they don't go right away because people don't think to go there to buy them. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times, if you want a first pressing and it's all sold out on the BTR site or on Bandcamp, go to Brooklyn Vegan and Hard Times. You should be able to get it. No problem at a pretty rare color, too. So, yeah. Inside, Wait. Inside tip here. Inside yeah, tip. yeah. From the guy who buys way too much Scott vinyl. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait. Are Brooklyn Vegan and Hard Times owned by the same people? Uh, I know they share a store. Oh, okay. So I don't know how much more the crossover is, but yeah, they both will oh, okay. advertise when they have those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, what kind of store do they have? got me i mean they do like funny t-shirts for hard times i no, i don't for some reason when you said a store i thought like a convenience store <laughs> you, you thought I go there i pick up a two liter of coke and some, exactly uh, and then i get like a snarky like article about something yeah <laughs> you thought brick and border store <laughs> i'm like hey um can i get these skittles and can you tell me the top 50 essential sky albums please thank you <laughs> that's funny all right uh that's all i have uh rj do you have anything you want to add to uh scotty's uh, anything i left out so i mean there's so much last week had so much crazy stuff come out uh, i do want to uh highlight though one uh single that came out and unfortunately it's not on spotify but it is on Bandcamp, and hopefully it will be coming to spotify soon because this artist already has a lot of stuff on uh spotify her name is lizzie kirby and her new single is backed by the Cascadians, and it is it is good. I really really dug what I heard. Um, so I need to. I know she's not normally doing ska, but the Cascadian is ska band. So yeah, definitely check out Lizzie Kirby and her song "I Got Me, Babe." Yeah, I heard that, and I'm like, oh my god, who is this person? And yeah, and and I sought out all of her other stuff. It's not ska, but that yeah. song really is rad. Yeah, it really is really. So go go find that one at least on Bandcamp probably soon coming to spotify i um i found that song because i got an email that rj phoenix who i follow on Bandcamp, bought that song <laughs> that's funny that's funny. i think i added it to my wish list because i think i'm gonna wait to buy it on Bandcamp friday <laughs> hmm. any anything else or just that for now uh i mean uh geez <laughs> Yeah, let's just leave it right there. No, Redemon. Redemon put out their EP that I've been waiting for. All right. Scott yeah. Punk Band out of UK. Oh, my goodness. So good. So good. Yeah. Awesome. You can find that everywhere. <laughs> yes, that is true. All right. right. At the Hard Times convenience store, right? <laughs> Red Bulls. Uh, yeah. And Red Vines. <laughs> right between the Red Bulls and the Red Vines. Yeah, yeah. Redemon. <laughs> oh, okay, Gary. Uh, I got to ask you. Uh, Red Vines or Twizzlers? Whistlers is the only right answer. Oh, okay. I mean, they're both, they're both good, but Red Vines all day. Yeah. I mean, come on. Have you seen the 23 Minutes of Sky logo? It is the old Red Vines logo. I've seen it. Yeah. Red, Vines, Red Vines don't make a good straw for your soda, but Whistlers do. because they're. Well, no, they make a fine straw uh, for Yeah, they make soda. a Red perfect... Vines are too floppy. They got a lot of flop. <laughs> How long does your straw need to be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, Twister's a nice solid strong. Yeah. I I have a theory that it's it's purely East Coast West Coast on your answer, 
And I'm I, Midwest. I know I Midwest seems to be either or, but East Coast and West Coast most East Coast clearly always tells me uh, Twizzlers. West Coast people always tell me Red Vines. And the, yeah, the Midwest and middle of America seems to like go one way or the other. So no, they're really what good. about what Dr. about the Pepper lonely Twizzlers? Well, mm. I, I was gonna say, what about the Lonely Island that said Mr. Pibb and Red Vines equals crazy delicious? I, I saw a t-shirt that said that because that's the coolest guy for like ten <laughs> seconds in two thousand six. <laughs> the Midwest is over there going like we drink pop and eat licorice. <laughs> what? what are you talking? All right, first of all, we don't drink. I'm not from Chicago. This is a very small area. Says pop. I always thought it was the South that said pop more than no. They call everything Coke in Texas. You want a Coke? Uh, Yeah, which kind? A Coke. You don't want a Sprite? No, you offered me a Coke. Why would I want a Sprite? Oh yeah, Yeah, that's 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 the South. That soup that would really get annoying real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you get used to it. All right, so we do have a guest here. You know (laughs) them. Sorry, Brian. You you know them myself as uh, the Rudy Librarian. We know him as Brian. Um, so, uh, Brian, as we ask everyone that comes on this podcast, how did you get into ska? What was your ska origin story? First ska shows, maybe some early ska records you checked out. What is your ska origin story? Well, uh, so I think I, I think the way that I first heard like ska music in general was, I mean, I'm sure I heard some on the Tony Hawk soundtrack, the soundtrack, but um, like the so I was really into uh, Christian rock um, because that's how I got into most of the music that I'm into. And so probably a tooth and nail records compilation that had the supertones. I couldn't tell you for sure what the first track was. I, I definitely remember tooth and nail used to put out these VHS compilations that had music videos by all the bands. There was like 10 or 11 of them. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the first music video I ever saw for sure was at an eye by the OC supertones. And it was so fun and like, you know, it just seemed like they were having a good time. Yeah. Um, and so to me, I was like, ska equals good time music. Got it. Right. And uh, and kind of went from there. And um, I got a lot of tooth and nail stuff because this guy that lived next door to my youth pastor worked for like a distributing company and just gave him boxes of crap. And my youth pastor was like, thank you so much, Brian. Would you like this? And I was like, Yes. And uh, so I sort of became like the music guy in our youth group that would make compilations and, you know, knew all the good bands and stuff. And uh, so that's how I first got into it. And definitely uh, Supertones, Five Iron Frenzy and The Insiders, the three biggest Christian ska bands. Those were my my main interest. I listened to some Squad 5.0 songs and Denji songs were ska too. And I like those. But... Yeah, I actually had the same role uh in well by the time i had this role i was a youth leader but as a youth leader i had the same that kind of same role as like uh my youth pastor signed up for this thing that he would get all these cds and he's like here you go go through them you know decide what we listen to on wednesdays and stuff like that like um so yeah i had that very similar but um, I was already kind of knee-deep into stuff by then. So, um, yeah, that's cool. Um, how did you, when and how did you come up, you know, become the Rudy Librarian? Where did that whole thing start? 
Sure. Um, oh, I, I realized I didn't answer part of your last question. So let me go back and then I'll come sure. back to this. Yeah. Okay. So in response to the early shows, the, the shows that I want definitely thought of when you asked that question were, uh, uh, and I've talked about one of them on my podcast some, but I, I, I went to a show, there used to be a, a Christian rock club that met in the youth building of the local Methodist church that was literally walking distance from my house. Um, and so I went to tons of concerts there and they let me volunteer to work security as an eighth grader. Mm. Uh, so, uh, as an eighth grader, I was, you know, keeping the place safe. Um, and if you <laughs> volunteered to, to work security, they let you into shows for free. And so I went to a ton of shows for free. And one of the best shows was, uh, it was Switchfoot, Five Iron Frenzy and the W's. Mm. And this was like really early Switchfoot. I think they only had Legend of Chen out. Mm, and yeah. uh, the W's, if people don't know who that is, they were like a swing band. Um, some people call them ska, but it was really more on the swing side. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and the W's were late and Five Iron Frenzy were the middle band. And it was August in Texas. And one out of the three air conditioning units was working. And it was crazy, crazy hot in my Jinkos. So... <laughs> Uh, I had to, you know, squeegee sweat to the back of the room. Uh, and then the, the other um, show that popped up was Ska Mania in 98. Right. Which was all three of those big Ska bands. That was a good tour. So I forgot to mention that. Good shows, though. Yeah. So how did you become the Rudy Librarian? The Rudy Librarian started because of COVID, really. Um, because... Um, as an English teacher, you know, we went on spring break and three days into spring break, they told us that we weren't coming back for a week or two. And then that turned into the rest of the year. Um, and so that year, I think most teachers in the country were kind of just trying to like survive, like right. how do we teach? And, and we did, you know, we, we got through the year, but to be fair, it wasn't our best teaching year. You know, like the kids didn't get the best education the rest of that school year yeah. because it was really, we did the best we could, you know? Yeah. But uh, one thing that I'm really passionate about in my classroom is I try to get the kids to love reading. Um, and I think that a lot of kids loved reading when they were in elementary school. And as they get older, they kind of start to hate it. And a lot of that's because we keep forcing them to read books that they hate. And, you know, many of which we, we don't necessarily even like, like the teacher across the hall for me was talking to me the other day about how much she hates reading a book that she's teaching, you know, or just got done teaching. And uh, so I always try to have my kids spend the first 10 minutes of class after I take attendance and stuff, reading whatever they want to read. And I tell them, I don't care what you read. I don't care if it's a comic book, a picture book, uh, you know, manga, uh, fiction, nonfiction. If you get on a website and read about your favorite athlete, I don't care but for 10 minutes, read whatever you want to read. Mm. And I try to have an atmosphere in my classroom where, and there's no assignments related to it. It's just kind of an extra credit thing. Like I, I give them an opportunity to earn extra credit if they do a small thing related to that at the end of the six weeks. And, uh, and then I constantly talk about my reading with them all the time, like what I'm reading, if I'm enjoying it or not, because I want an atmosphere where reading is celebrated. And I found that a lot of the kids do like reading more by the time they're done with my class. And so when COVID hit, I was like, how do I do that? Cause there's no way to do 10 minutes of reading on zoom. Right. I mean, that's weird. 
So I decided what I was going to do is just do a bunch of book talk videos where I talked about books. And so they could check them out through their local library eBooks or whatever. Right. And I started doing, um, I started, I, my goal was to do a couple videos here and there. And I did a couple and sent them to my, my peers and my fellow teachers were like, can you do like a bunch of those? And I was like, sure. So I did five a day or five a week for, uh, I don't know, the rest of the school, the rest of the year till December or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of December, I had like over 200 and, uh, and then in the process of that, um, and I named myself the Rudy librarian because, um, I, I, music's always been something I'm really passionate about too. And I wanted to connect it with music and there's like a million punk librarians out there. And I was like, not a lot of Rudy librarians, not a lot of people that are connecting themselves with ska. And um, I, I see had an just, opportunity. Right. That's right. And I'm going to cash in on this right here. Right. Cash yeah. in on ska. It's, it's, if there's, it's the place to get money. If there's one the, thing I've I'm heard from. I'm going to be the Rudy old people shit shoe salesman. Yeah. If, well, if, I was going to say, if there's one thing I've heard from everyone that's in a ska band, it's that ska is really lucrative. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. You just roll in it. Yeah. So. I love splitting a check eight ways. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm rolling in ska bucks. So, <laughs> but the, uh, I had just rewatch, I had just watched the, um, pick it up documentary mm -hmm. and had started really falling back, like remembering how much I love ska and reconnecting to ska. And, and because I mainly listen to Christian ska, I had a ton of ska to learn about. And, um, so I was like, I can do this. And uh, so I, I decided to go that way and I've, I've really enjoyed it. So I, I started doing ska content as well. And uh, I've learned a lot from the ska content. And to be honest, I, I, I was thankful for people like ska punk daily and uh, ska parade and on the upbeat in 23 minutes of ska, you guys uh, really taught me a lot about ska early on because I didn't know much. Mm -hmm. So between YouTube and all of those things, I think I've, picked up quite a bit yeah hey, hey brian hey brian tell him who your first new best friend in ska was tell him tell him who it was tell him oh tell tara him. oh wait gary gary and tara um and and really just a lot of people but but Gary and Tara were really nice to me right in the beginning. And that made me feel very, like community is really important to me too. And sure. like, um, and I didn't have a lot of it during COVID. And so the ska community was really welcoming. And like Gary messaged me one day and he was like, you like star Wars and ska, let's be friends. And uh, a, a wonderful friendship has bloomed from that. And we even had a podcast for a while that may one day, you know, air another episode or two, but about star Wars stuff. After the terror quip, it's not happening, huh? <laughs> Shaking his head, no. Tara will be now hosting my Star Wars podcast with me. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, the official stance of on the update is that reading is lame, but you know, uh, I don't know how that's official because I'm a hundred percent not that. <laughs> I mean, I heard one Selena of the, one say of our you Patreons is literally based around reading. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, but 
Yeah, I mean, his comics is really reading. Now, like, now that we got Gary in, I, I think we outrule the Matt vote. Uh, <laughs> come on, Matty Daddy. Reading is cool. <laughs> I guess maybe sometimes if you want to learn stuff, but uh, if learn. you read four books a month, Pizza Hut will give you a free pizza. Really? Oh, man, oh, man, I wish. I wish that applied to adults. <laughs> oh, I even kids. tried to reach out to them when they're sh- when they started. Uh, they had like a. a some sort of like sweepstakes where you could win the book it shirt from pizza hut recently. Oh, I, I, like, I won it. I have it. I was nice. like, can I just buy one? Do you have one in like big guy sizes? And they were like, read our sweepstakes. We don't want to answer your question. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. You want, you want to know all about reading, <laughs> read the sweepstakes. <laughs> I mean, most Perhaps of us have children fair, on this call. We can exploit our children and say that they read all these books. That's true. <laughs> like did your child read to kill a mockingbird she's barely not even one <laughs> they give you a person they give you a personal pan pizza which is four dollars right but i'd <laughs> right. rather just exploit my child and lie to get that pizza <laughs> why not back That's... in the day you got the pizza and i don't know if you remember when they did the x-men cartoon thing and Hell you got yeah. little x-men comic books that was the Hell best yeah. wow. and then so young the that, pizza hut i went after to my time <laughs> Pizza that I went to as a kid had a jukebox, and yeah, I'd play the X Men arcade game and then shove all my money in and play Dookie by Green Day. And I was like, This is living, and I still do stuff like that. Not at a jukebox, but just at home. it was uh, very close to my experience, book it, but it was a uh, Purple Rain and it was Donkey Kong. Nice. Yes. <laughs> um, so I kind of feel like may I'm gonna ask you this question, Brian, and you can add to it, but I kind of feel like you you kind of answered it but uh um what is your main goal as the rudy librarian you know now that you kind of have you know uh the podcast and you know you're kind of expanding from it seems like just beyond books what is the main is the main goal still reading or connecting you know that reading with music more or well i want i want to say that like the the podcast has been much more about the music than about reading. Sure. And that wasn't necessarily on purpose. It's just a lot easier to connect with ska bands and get them to come on your podcast than it is to connect with like authors of <laughs> books sure. necessarily, you know? Um, and, and I have goals to get authors and people who are connected with books on the podcast at some point. And I don't know what that will look like if it ever happens, because I asked you know, I have specific questions I asked that are related to ska. Yeah. So I would have to figure out how to kind of tweak that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, f- for me, it's about now, I feel like it's still very much about community. It's still very much about trying to get kids to read and, and, and adults to read and, and to get people. I think one of the things that I've really tried to stress in a lot of episodes mm-hmm. is to get people to understand that like, all reading is reading and it's all good. So like, I feel like there's so many messages that were fed when we're younger uh, and in school by teachers. And I'm a teacher, but by teachers that like audiobooks aren't reading and eBooks aren't reading and comic books aren't reading and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like they're pretty harmful and they make people not want to read. And um, my wife, I feel like she'd be okay with me saying this, but if not, uh, she doesn't listen to any of my podcasts. So how will she know? Um, <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> <same boat. laughs> 
but my, like my wife me. my wife wasn't a big reader in school um she struggled and i feel like she got a lot of those messages that like you know it, that reading had to look a certain way right um and when there, i tell people i tell my students this story all the time uh there was a, a point where she found a book that she started reading which is a rare occurrence um like in our we're going to be married 20 years this summer and in our our 20 years this is the only book she's read on her own all the way through um and she found this book and she loved it and i was working at starbucks at the time and i went to work at like 11 o'clock and I came home at like one in the morning and she was up reading this book and like bawling. And I was like, are, are you still reading right now? Like what is happening? And she was like, this book is just so good. And to me, that was like this magic moment. And so I want to connect people to that. I want people to be able to find a book that they love, you know, cause there's something powerful. I think about finding whether it be a book or even an, an album, you know, like a, I've talked on my podcast about how in, in eighth grade, I found MXPX and MXPX became my band. Like that was the first time that I felt like this music is mine. I didn't get this from anyone else. It's mine. Exactly. I own this. And the same thing with a good book. And so I want people to have those experiences where they feel like this is a part of me now forever. Yeah. Awesome. It's so cool that your wife had that emotional uh, experience while reading In Defense of Ska by Aaron Carnes, probably available at Brooklyn <laughs> Vegan Store, I guess. That's right. She just texted me that she's listening. So I guess she can hear me from the other room. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, what has been a highlight of doing the podcast so far? Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, lots of great relationships have come not just from the podcast but from the 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 brand i hate calling it a brand but you know the the rudy librarian sure whatever it is um a lot of great relationships with really kind and good people that are a part of the scott community and that's been kind of the greatest gift um early on like my first two episodes my goal in the beginning was i want to start and sort of do this chronologically with the bands that have that, that I've loved. So I, I started with interviewing Leonore from five iron mm -hmm. and that was a dream because five iron is still one of my absolute favorite bands and has been for a long time. Um, the episode was terrible. Leonore was great, but I've never done a podcast. So the mm -hmm. audio quality is awful. And um, after my second podcast, which was with Joe from the insiders, she messaged me and she was like, Hey, just a tip you should laugh on your podcast. It makes it less awkward for your guests. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair. You know, the part of, I, I was raised like, don't ever interrupt, you know, mm -hmm. someone who's talking. And so like, it was very hard for me to interject. And so it would be kind of silent for them. Mm -hmm. And um, so not only did I get to have these people who I love on my podcast, but I got advice from them. And I feel like my podcast has gotten better because of that. Uh, and then I got, you know, all these other great connections and friends Cool. who I got to even, you know, like a great moment for me out of that was um, my first ska show since 19, like 98 or whatever uh, was um, a couple of months ago. And it was in Dallas at three links. Cause I live in, in the Dallas area. And it was like so many bands, the Brokes, and um, I'm not going to remember all of them right now um, on, on, on Sunday. Is that right? Um, no, on holiday, sorry, on holiday. Um, and Madeline and joystick and the holophonics. 
and it was a great show. And I had already interviewed Duck at that point. Right. And so it was first time to get to meet someone face to face. And Duck was such a good guy. And then I got to meet uh, Chris from Scott Punk International and uh, Andrew from both Joystick and Flying Raccoon Suit. And it was just, it was really nice. You know, friendships that extend beyond Zoom or Skype. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, uh, what was your uh, favorite Scott album of 2021? Yeah. Um, that's not a small question. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think if I'm remembering right, so it gets on uh, your shirt until this shakes apart <laughs> yeah. came out in January. And yes. so that's, that's definitely my number one, very close to it is, is we are the unions ordinary life. Both of those albums were amazing. And uh, for five iron frenzy, it was cool because I've grown up on their music and, you know, definitely some of the early albums are a lot i mean this album's so much more serious than like a lot of the earlier albums sure sure um but it's really good and a lot of messages i really appreciate especially uh coming from a christian band or a band that has christians in it at least right um and uh and then on holiday was also or not on holiday i don't know what my deal is with holiday right now in my head but but ordinary life which is nothing like on holiday but ordinary life was another album that I just I really loved all the songs and it was really I felt like a, a powerful there were some very powerful messages in that album hmm. um so I really I loved that I love both of them a lot yeah yeah both good albums yeah it is it is always very difficult to like rank music that you find really important you know if it all comes out in the same year <laughs> like yeah but it's it's you know so I I get that it's sort of like how do you really that's why we always call them like favorites rather than best because yeah. best is subjective but if someone individual like favorite sounds like an individual best sounds like everyone better agree with me <laughs> so um, and i feel like whenever you do lo those lists you're like here's my five favorite and then someone will be like oh yeah those are really good and then also this band and you're like oh, oh crap yeah that one too <laughs> yeah that right. one needs to be on there yeah yeah can i make it my top 37 well yeah. yeah 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 trust me i've definitely gone through that like but i'm like uh, five is such a smaller list and it's it sort of you know if we did 10 like if we talked about them on the podcast that would be the entire episode but i guess that's not so bad but then it's also a long post online and stuff like that so five just seemed like a more you know a better simple number yeah five is a nice even number <laughs> that's an odd statement <laughs> but um oh man wow. rj and i are just vibing <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um what was your what was the favorite book you read of 2021 now i'm put the, it didn't have to come out in 2021 technically but you had to have read it for the first time in 21 yeah so i had to think through that too and i and i think i think it did come out in, in the that year i will say i read a lot of star wars because of gary and my podcast and the star wars high republic stuff is all amazing like so 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 good but it's not my favorite book that i read that year it's it's pretty high up there though like um and then it's hard to separate all the books because they are all part of one story but uh i really really love this book called the anthropocene reviewed by john green um john green's the guy who wrote the fault in our stars and paper towns and mm -hmm looking for Alaska and he was one of the writers for 
uh, Let It Snow, all of which have been adapted to movies or TV shows. Oh, I didn't know Let It Snow has been adapted yet. Netflix. Netflix, really? Oh, hey, what about Will Grace and Will Grayson? We still got one more to go. Well, and An Abundance of Catherines hasn't been oh, adapted either. Or Turtles All the Way Down. I haven't. I haven't read Abundance of Catherine's yet. Actually, by read, I mean my wife reads them out loud to me when I make dinner. I, I did that <laughs> yeah. with my wife some yeah. for several books that we've read together. Wow. Um, but The Anthropocene Reviewed is his first nonfiction book. Okay. And he has a podcast that he called The Anthropocene Reviewed. And in it, he, like, basically the idea was he was, like, thinking about how ridiculous rating systems are. And how we've gotten to a place where people write ridiculous reviews about things like on Amazon and, and, and Yelp and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he decided to just start applying a rating system to like random everyday things in life, like Canadian geese and Diet Dr. Pepper <laughs> and, nice. the, and like smallpox. <laughs> and um, But he also said that that book is probably the most autobiographical book he'll ever write because it gives you a much bigger glimpse into his own life Mm. and um and it was just beautiful writing about the world around him and about the importance of community and helping each other and and just values that i agree with uh so i found it to be a really beautiful book some parts were really funny uh some parts were really like painful to read but overall very beautiful book all right uh what ska autobiography would you like most uh, to exist? I guess. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, would you like what ska autobiography would you like uh, most to read that it isn't currently out in the world? That that does not exist. That's that's the question. Yeah, at least that's the way I perceived it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. Man. Uh. I feel like I would love to. Re- okay. So uh, short story here on related to that. So another reason that I, I've fallen in love with Scott during COVID uh, there was a, a moment early on in Scott, not in Scott. No, not early in Scott, early in COVID when um, uh, Glenn Pine did this video on, on Facebook where he was like cooking in his kitchen and listening to music and playing trombone. Yeah. And he was, he was, he was making this Portuguese dish uh and so one my family's portuguese on my dad's side um and uh so i felt connected even that way um but it just felt like home you know it was i i don't know if he lives in new york or if he lives in boston i I think he used to live in boston and that's also where my dad's family's from Mm -hmm. uh go red sox right gary um and the, uh, God, I don't want to be your friend anymore after this. <laughs> First the Terra um, thing, now the Red Sox. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, I would love to read a biography about the Slackers and about Glenn Pine. You know, mm. I, I would love to hear their story uh, more. I'm going to see them in May uh, uh, again. I've oh. not seen a ton of concerts, and in May I'm going to see them with We Are the Union and Kill Lincoln, and I'm super excited about that. Have you seen the Slackers play before? I've never seen any of those bands play you, before. You are going to fall in love with Glenn even more. Live, he is just so entertaining. I mean, so, like, Vic will tell stories, and that's how Vic is entertaining. Uh, Mark will just be Mark, and he'll just be entertaining in the back. Uh, Dave will do a couple things. So, Glenn owns the stage. 
with his trombone running up. It is amazing. You will, if you love Glenn now, you will love Glenn more after you see a Slacker show. Well, I'm super excited for yeah. it. I, re- I really am. Now I've hyped it up so much and he's going to have an off day and you're like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about, RJ? <laughs> do, you, do you think that there should be a autobiography about your three of your favorite saxophone player in ska band named Gary? Gary, I would, I, you know, I love hearing your story. It'd be That's like why the Madonna. I, I, remember when Madonna put out that sex book? It'd be like that, not sex, but it'd just be called Gary, the sexiest Gary. man in Scott. It'd be like, I, I, I think thing. Gary, by the time you are 50, you should definitely write a book. Can, can I life. say of, of all the books to compare it to, the millions of books that exist, <laughs> you chose Madonna's <laughs> sex book. I yeah. don't it's, gonna, know it's mostly going to be pictures of Gary just covering his junk with the saxophone. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fair. right now I am laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway there. You guys don't know what's below this t-shirt. <laughs> it's a saxophone. It's a saxophone. All right. saying, that would be a rad book. I'd read it. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, can we all get in on this question, Matt? Yeah, Who go ahead. Like to see? Yeah. I, I think Terry Hall from the specials in Fun Boy 3. He yeah. he just turned 60 not long ago. He has got a ton of weird stories already about his young life. And uh, yeah, I think that'd make a fascinating if sometimes kind of a, oh my God, that happened to him kind of way. If you if you know anything about his life, uh, I think that would be a really good, a really, I would like to read that autobiography. I think Angelo Moore could have a really good autobiography. Oh yeah. Um, I was, You're maybe Dickie Barrett. Dicky Barrett would have an interesting autobiography. <laughs> yes, only he, he, only the last two months, though. No, no, no. I know. I, look, I'm going to not comment on that, but I, the band's been around. They've they've experienced yeah. the highs yeah. and lows of Scott, and I think I, that that'd be an interesting story. Excellent thing uh, along with Dicky Barrett. Nate Albert would be yeah, a really Albert. interesting. Any really read. any of the Boston's. Joe Gittleman was the other person. Yeah, yeah, because Joe Joe's done all that production work, but Nate like quitting the Boston's, going to law school, becoming an AR rep, discovering bands like that would that would be an interesting read too. Yeah. In addition to just the Boston stuff. I, I think Smash Mouth would make a great uh, <laughs> uh, ska biography. It'd be great. I mean, it might. Again, it's a band that got really, I know you're making a yeah. joke, but it's a band that got really famous yeah. and then like kind of, you know, it's had his hardships recently. So it might be Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. I sure. got Shrek money, Shrek bucks. Goddamn Shrek bucks. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Do you have Shrek bucks somewhere? Like, was oh, that, hell yeah, you know it. Was that like a McDonald's <laughs> giveaway at some point? It's in I my guess? bank account next to my Starbucks. <laughs> so say if not, he's printing them on his work printer tomorrow. <laughs> Anybody who beats me in Scarry, uh, Scott, Scott, Scott field cart. Scott cart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I'd I'd want. Like, um, you know, part of me is like, I start thinking about newer bands, but then I'm like, ah, oh, now you got to let them age a bit. You know, let them get some uh, rough and tumble uh, experiences under their life as far as like the music goes. Um, you know, I I think you know uh, Reed from We Other Union. I'm sure that story. Uh, you know, basically an autobiography of basically yeah. ordinary life album. You know, um, that would that would be interesting. Um, but uh, my my brain went right to no doubt, but it's only because I already know so much about them because of like the, you know they were around in when the '90s and VH1 was doing like behind the music stuff, and so I know <laughs> stuff. But I I think you could get more in depth 
Because I would like a lot of, I have a lot of questions about like, you know, how things progressed in those early days to what they sounded like here to what they sounded like now. And I was, I was also thinking of No Doubt and just maybe Gwen Stefani in general, just the story of a girl who did not want to sing and worked at a Dairy Queen and yeah. then became the biggest pop star in the world and, oh, yeah. right. and the death of John Spence, who was the original singer. Like that is just a really interesting story. I'm just yeah. Call. yeah. Yeah. And and I'm I'm going to go on the record and say that she was for sure like my young crush like like during the Tragic Kingdom Return of Saturn era because yeah. I didn't know their music before that until later. But right. I, I you know watching the Just a Girl video with the pink hair I was like she's she's amazing. Yeah. So I, yeah. I want to go on record here and say I dated the MTV look like Gwen Stefani winner so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told that story on Comically Rad, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, 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 you did. Amazing story. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> but which which era of Gwen Stefani did she look like? The good era. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever one you makes you most jealous. I think she was she was wearing like the spider webs video outfit. Okay, nice. so in the in the show, like a plaid plaid pants and a like a tank top white shirt. Yeah. Save the rest of that story for on the upbeat after dark. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna wow. have to do that someday. Um, after dark. So this question actually came from Gary. Uh, what literary characters would be into ska? Like, I figured that was Gary's question, and I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, I have to really think about that. And I. <laughs> I, like my immediate thought was to think about people like uh, uh, Holden Caulfield or something like that in some way, um, and and then I was like, you know what, Bob Cratchit, Bob Cratchit from, <laughs> from A Christmas Carol, I think he's ska. So, can you get can you explain Bob Cratchit? Yeah, why he's a he was a frog, and he sang. <laughs> He sang, uh, oh, what is the song now? Uh, just, one one more sleep till to be merry and joyous. One more sleep till Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You think? Oh, Kermit, oh. I thought you were talking about the actual literary character, not the Muppet version. <laughs> Who's saying that's not literary? Good well, Lord. Where in the Christmas Carol does it say ever. Bob Cratchit is not a frog? Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean Bob Cratchit in the book, but also Bob Cratchit Kermit the Frog version. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I think the fact that it's a movie says that it's not literary. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the argument I give my students when I put a movie on in class. So there is uh, before it was a movie, it was a script, which is drama, right? It's a play, it's screenplay. Sure. sure. So it was literature before it was a movie, and in this case, it's an adapt. It is literature adapting literature turned into performance so yes but no bob cratchit in general yes scott just kermit more so because he's really got the legs for skanking that's <laughs> true uh gary i know you i believe you said you had an answer to this what was your and a few okay so, Holden sure. Caulfield. literally any character in a nick hornsby novel they all like scott <laughs> oh they're all definitely specials fans all and yeah, english every, beat fans 100%. everybody in a nick hornsby novel yep. yeah oh yeah um Ron Weasley is definitely a third wave kid. Oh, that makes sense. I, I can I, see I've never read Harry Potter. And I'm he would have been the fan of your choice. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry to speak over you. He would have been a fan of a band that like everybody else thought was bad too, just like his his Quidditch team, the Chudley Cannons. Totally, yeah. yeah. But he they grew up the Harry Potter kids grew up in the mid 90s. That's when that story takes place. So he would True. definitely be a third yeah. wave guy. 
And then the Holden Caulfield, right? So Holden Caulfield, I thought long about this. Catcher in the Rise, one of my favorite books. And Holden Caulfield wouldn't like Ska, obviously. It's crummy. He'd like, he'd like the specials because everyone likes the specials. Come on. <laughs> and he'd like Streetlight Manifesto, but he would not think that they are Ska. <laughs> right. And, and you're, you're, do, you, do you want to explain that further? Uh, Holden Caulfield's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Holden Caulfield is the gatekeeper, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We've talked about this before, Brian, on your podcast, how I, I really relate to Catching the Rye at different points in my life. Like, that's the type of book you can read often. So in high school, you're like, man, I'm Holden Caulfield is me. I'm like Holden Caulfield. And then when you read it as an adult, you're like, I hate that kid. <laughs> that kid's a dick. He's that punk kid next door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, oh, I, I, I thought we were all answering. Oh, Matt. go ahead. I definitely uh, don't really have much of an answer, but you go ahead. I, I, for, you know, I was trying to think, go through my head, what literary characters. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a big one. It's not one a lot of people know. But if you've ever read King Dork by uh, Dr. Frank from Mr. T Experience, Scott Hellerman is totally the kind of guy that would like this only two-tone. And maybe some like early Jamaican stuff, but he would hate third wave, Scott, um, 100%. 90s ska punk that's not his deal because he was always kind of he's kind of like that he, he is kind of a holden caulfield type only he knows how to have fun and uh, like pick up chicks and it'd be cool yeah all uh, those ska punkers are phonies yeah yeah <laughs> is it, is it sad that like 90 percent of the characters that were like these literary characters would like ska were like but they'd all hate third wave and everything after that except ron weasley ron and weasley yeah yeah and Scott Pilgrim, I think Scott Pilgrim would really like third wave style. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, and I yeah. list characters, and you guys tell me. And I had the yeah, first go ahead. one. I'll, I'll so, tell you yeah, Scott, going. but Stephen Stills would not. But young Neil, young Neil would totally okay, like Scott. Okay, so about Scott, Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> Pilgrim, would he like Scott? Yes. Yeah. What what space? All third kinds wave. Of, third wave, third wave, mostly third wave, um, especially Canadian. He, he would yeah, he'd be a really big Stomp Records fan. Yeah. yeah. What about Boo Radley? Uh, uh, Prince Buster fan all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not um, Desmond Decker though. No, not Desmond. No, no, they don't get along. <laughs> they don't get along. He did like it when Desmond teamed up with the specials for the King of Scott album, but that was that, that was pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, um, oh, what's the lawyer's name in the Kill, Kill a Mockingbird? Uh, Atticus Finch. Atticus, yeah, Finch, Atticus Finch was like all Scott. He'd like everything. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, he likes everything. Uh, Unless you read the second book by Harper Lee, in which case he's a racist. But, you know. Oh, why would she do that? She didn't want to. They tricked her in her old age and published her, and got her to sign over the rights to publish her book. And in that book, Atticus Finch is a racist. Oh, I, I wish you never told me that. You're welcome. Why would she even write it at all if... Like, it was originally wasn't it all part of one book and she it, the um, Kill a Mockingbird was a flashback yeah and everyone was like no that's your book don't worry about this like you know connecting story over it so um, yeah the story is she wrote Ghost Set of Watchmen first yeah and people were like it's not that great but this flashback part is good yeah and mm. so she wrote the flashback part and and sort of and was done <laughs> and like sort of disappeared off the literary radar I didn't really right. want to do anything else and you know hung out with her buddies truman capote and and people like that right and then truman she... capote would like scott yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. i agree um holly go like holly go lightly would like scott but eventually in her very old age yeah she signed over the rights to publish ghost at a watchman and crushed the hearts of but but most of the people look at it as 
sort of like what was happening to Stan Lee in his last years. Like she was being led to do things against her intellectual ability as an, as a, as a, you know, senior citizen who was struggling with her mental capacity. So right. you wanted me to bring your podcast down real hard, right? Yes. Like you were absolutely. absolutely <laughs> Tell me the saddest story you have. I got one. At all. Go um, ahead. I think Jay Gatsby would say that he likes first wave ska, but he'd have a closet full of Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> just you, throw you, them all around look at these aaron barrett shirts yes, look at all these aaron barrett he'd shirts. like he likes i really like first wave scott but it's like deep down he's just you know he likes their, um yeah. you forget to take the aquabats pen off the side of his uh, lapel yeah. or something yeah. <laughs> uh guy montag what do you think about him guy montag what do you, do you i don't think i i am ignorant to the ways of fahrenheit montag. 451 right yeah Oh, it's been so long. So I, I actually know a friend bought me the book and lost it. So I've never read it because she never gave it to me. Yeah. Bummer. I think it's in line with the theme of Fahrenheit. Well, they'd have to set it on fire. But um, yeah, uh, I would. I, I don't know. Brian, what do you think? I kind of think they would eventually like Ska. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of growth in that book for that character. So there was, there definitely is. So I'll, yeah. I'll tell you just a side story that does not relate to the, was he Scott, but I taught that book for like five years when I taught at a junior high. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I ever had a substitute teacher, that substitute teacher came in and found out that my advanced kids were reading Fahrenheit 451 and spent the whole class period talking to them about how she didn't think that was appropriate for them to read. And I was like, well, that's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> that How is. you are right now, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think the cat in the hat would obviously be like the biggest. Yeah. Nerd. Big Aquabats fan. Oh, big, yeah. Big, yeah. yeah. This and game it, is very fun. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, we started to talk the other day about Batman characters, right? Like, which oh, yeah. Batman. I told, I told on the last episode, I said I was going to rank which Batman actors are the most ska. But well, that's, we'll save that for another episode. But, sure. okay, would, but would Bruce Wayne like ska? No, I, I think don't think he's too so. straight laced. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think he, yeah. he'd like the specials. <laughs> Just the specials. <laughs> Somehow. He, he, yeah, he really likes like the specials. But he but, doesn't yeah, you know. know that their big hit is actually a cover of someone else's song. Like, right. He'd, <laughs> he'd like Ghost Town. That'd be his favorite. Thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'd have yeah, that, that would, on a playlist. This, that. Yeah, that would be on his like awesome 80s playlist. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it on the back. It'd be Ghost Town and a lot of the cure. <laughs> When you when you do go through the Batman characters, I'd also like to hear which Robins like which kind of ska. Oh, uh, geez, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Um, <laughs> Damien so, loves Streetlight. Yeah, Damien's a definitely a big Streetlight fan. Like that's that's no doubt. Um, geez, with Dick Grayson, he's with a big Dick Slackers Grayson's fan. Big yeah, Slackers fan. Slackers, yeah. Uh, and Jason Todd, he doesn't have an opinion because we voted for him to die. Just so. like Scott, he's dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my son got a joker uh action figure like yesterday we finally got to go like have his birthday party with his buddy who's been sick or whatever and he got a joker action figure and it came with you know the laughing fish or whatever but it also mm-hmm. came with a crowbar and i was like oh ooh. <laughs> I, let's that's uh, awkward let's not i don't want to explain that he just has a crow he likes yeah. to open things <laughs> that's so, crates around <laughs> jason jason todd really likes uh uh crack stock uh crack rock steady bands that's the kind of sky he likes. <laughs> and what it was tim drake like i feel like me and gary Anson in most of these 
I think this is officially the nerdiest that this podcast has ever gotten. We're talking this about is the nerdiest that the ska centric podcast has ever gotten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause like we've talked about heavy comic books. We've talked about reading and, and books of, you know, reading that, isn't nerdy, Matthew. I, I will. No. Yes. You already is. wear black plastic glasses. You're nerdy enough. Start reading books. <laughs> I do. Here's the thing. I actually do read books. I don't read a whole lot of fiction. So um, I read. Uh, well, I'm reading S right now and it is dense and it is good. You're reading S? S by JJ uh, Abrams. Yes, and yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Comically rad. We need to talk about that. I'm, I'm not as far into it as I want to be, but I love it so far. I thought he said I was reading ass and I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to know. Matthew, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I thought I heard in my headphones. Listen. Maddie, daddy. Maddie, daddy. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's try to land this plane now. All right. Uh, well, Brian, we appreciate you for coming on and uh, helping us get to the bottom of which letter- literary characters are Scott or not. And, uh, uh, you know, encouraging us to read. And uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, Brian, why don't you tell us what your Scott pick of the week is? So I went with Five Iron Frenzy because I thought I had, I felt like I needed to go with the band that like kind of got me going uh, in, into, into Scott overall. And uh, instead of doing something off their newest album, I went with honestly the album that I somehow did not hear when it came out. And I, mm. and I, I kind of went back to it and that was uh, uh, engine of a million plots. So, you know, Five Iron Frenzy broke up band ended and then came back as many do and put out this album engine of a million plots. And it was, uh really good and the song zen and the art of xenophobia first of all if you've never seen that music video that is the most amazing music video it's got wolverine abraham lincoln jesus with a tommy gun uh what it's that character from snl like it's got everything you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah definitely all right so let's uh check out zen and the art of xenophobia by five round frenzy right now Definitely a good song and uh, good times. Good album. It took me. It took me a bit to get used to that because I was following Fiverr and Frenzy right when they came back and all that stuff. And when I first heard this album, Engine of a Million Plots, like it's very different than the early stuff. Um, both musically, uh, the vocals are recorded very differently than they had been in the past, and lyrically, it's a bit more 
subjective in the term, you know, sort of, uh, there's a lot of, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe on a podcast that's heavily about literary, I can't think of the literary, metaphors, a lot of metaphors in the album, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good album. Gary, why don't you tell us about your Scott can, pick? Can I, let me just make a real quick plea, if you don't mind, I'm, Yeah. Uh, because I, I'm such a five iron uh, lover and I'm a completionist when it comes to collecting. Uh, I need a copy of uh, our newest album ever on vinyl. So anybody out there who, you know, listens to this podcast and loves me and just wants to send me that vinyl, yeah. uh, please do. Okay, I've been, go ahead. I've been looking for it for a while, too. So make that two. All right. Uh, Gary, why don't you tell us about your Scott pick? My pick this week is by a band called Los Furios. Sometimes they go by The Furios. Um, but sometimes they go by Los Furios. So you can find them on... Um, and it is the song. Oh, they're from the West Coast. I don't know too much about them, but I've listened to them for a few years and they're really fun. And it is the song Too High. All right, let's check it out. You gotta be true to your school, nice up your scene. Up your crew, smack hands with the one who made you to dance and laugh and scream. Celebrate this glorious daydream. Cause some things are never enough, and in each and every life, the times get tough. Then it's time to show your stuff, but no matter what you do, you never give up. You get too high, too low, too fast. So much for making it last. Too high, too low, too fast. I don't get. That's a pretty good song. Fun. Very good taste in music. <laughs> yeah, Gary, that's right up my alley, man. Like, what, what's the? Is there any more background on this band? Like, when did that song come out? This the song sounds like so early two thousands to me. It is. That's a, okay. I think that album is. 506 area yeah oh oh wow yeah. but they're a little true. later than i thought but they're up to recent i mean they put out a new album a few years ago that's i'm gonna have to look into them thank you gary uh all right so uh my scott pick is um from a band i don't think a lot of people have heard of um called the interrupters did and... you do did you say the abrupters from from no, the interrupters. Oh, oh, okay. oh, sweet! Play an abrupter song. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the uh, interrupters with rumors and gossip. Here we go. To a malicious witness And got a time for the Judas kisses It's like the loyalty never existed And after everything I've done for him How to keep my name in the mouth I'll make it spit it out I'm under you and your body gonna listen You better keep your
I just, I, you know, I kind of was listening to this album a lot this week and just really loving that album. And that song is one of my favorites off of it. So, yeah. I, I've always liked them and I really need to, they fell out of my rotation for whatever dumb reason yeah. or another. Uh, and I, I, whenever I pops back up again, I'm like, man, I enjoy the interrupters. So yeah. I need to, I need to get back to those three albums. So hopefully yeah. we'll get a new album by them soon. I'm hoping. Yeah. I, I also said this on TikTok, and I just want to reiterate: the world needs more of Matt dancing. So if you could, uh, there is plenty of me dancing on TikTok. This is true. Um, but yes, I I will do more, um, since that's what you want. <laughs> and I'm a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. That's that's uh, true. That's that's Maddie Daddy dancing. <laughs> Uh, this is I gonna it's this. gonna stick, isn't it? Son of a yeah, I'm gonna run that joke. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's get him on. a patch for his jacket. <laughs> Ooh, I should. Uh, all right, RJ. Great idea, Brian. <laughs> all right, RJ, tell us about your Scott pick. Uh, my Scott pick is by the band Murphys or the Murphys. Uh, they just put out a new album called Twenty Five. They're they're from Spain. They've been around for several years, several decades actually, started in the mid nineties. Uh, and this is their song uh, "Sense Morale," which is the lead song of their new album Twenty Five. Uh, I think all of these songs that we picked, these are all like uh, fun dance songs. Yep. Um, yeah, start dancing, everybody. <laughs> we need more Matt dancing. Brian said it. That's true. And why do Dandy dancing? Dancing. So <laughs> awesome. Well, Brian, we thank you for hanging out with us this week. Where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, just search for the Rudy Librarian. I'm on pretty much everything: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Friendster, MySpace, yep. Makeout Club. Is that wait? Is was that a thing? Is there that a was yeah. a thing. Yeah, the Friendster Makeout Club both preceded MySpace. Yeah. Wow. Well, Friendster, I knew. I like what's Makeout Club. Yeah, I didn't. It was really kind of more the emo one. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, yeah, like a pop punk kind of emo y oh, like early uh, social network. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it'd be like Tinder. <laughs> it had it was named after an emo song but it had a uh, it had like uh message boards mm-hmm. and, you know and uh and, and a lot of the stuff that myspace had uh my mm. uh makeout club had first so oh 
Yeah. Oh, whenever right. I reference it, I always get questions. So I just stopped referencing. <laughs> that made me reference it more. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Plus Sometimes the name, like automatically people are like, what kind of stuff yeah, are you that? into? Yeah, I, after a while, like I, I reference things and I, I just don't want to answer questions anymore. So I just stop it unless I know people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Forever explaining myself is not how I want to live my life anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, listeners, thanks for hanging out with us this week. And until next time, keep listening to Scott. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ontheupbeatska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat.